All right, turn our Bibles to the book of 2 Samuel, 2 Samuel chapter number 23, and while you're turning there, Bill Redfield handed me my outline tonight. It says, point number one, God is good. Point number two, God is great. Pray and dismiss. So that's, that's the outline Bill gave me this evening, so... Um, I'm not sure how far this is going to take us, but uh, um, uh, before the before the service, usually on Sunday night, I'll I'll pass Brother Bob Hamilton somewhere in the foyer, and he always asks me the same question: "We getting out early tonight?" Uh, except tonight was different. He didn't ask me that. He looked at me and said, "I'm going to go ask Bill if we're getting out early. What time we're we getting out tonight?" So, so well. Second Samuel. 23. Um, I want to be very practical this evening, and uh, I, I, I will keep my eye on the clock. It, it won't affect me, but I'll keep my eye uh, on the clock. Second Samuel chapter 23 and verse number 8. Uh, well, let's read verse number one, first, first part of verse number one. Now, these be the last words of David. That great King David is coming to the end of his life. Turn the page, if you, page you, don't turn, you don't have to, but if we turn a few pages to the next book of the Bible, we're going to find the very last days of King David's life and his death. And the transition that's going to take place is an interesting one to study out. David had lived a full life, amazing life that David had lived. And he comes to the end of his life, and now these be the last words of David. And he gives some, we'll not take time tonight, but the first few verses of, 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 this, of this chapter are, uh, are, are, are very wonderful things to think about, especially when you think of it, it's the last things that that great psalmist uh, spoke. Let me get down to verse number 8. These be the names of the mighty men whom David had. There are some names of some men that will forever be attached to the life of King David. And they're listed here. We're going we're gonna to look at these, and I've taken some old information. I've got new, new thoughts with it this evening, but I want to uh, talk tonight about characteristics of mighty men. Uh, uh, those mighty Christians, those mighty servants of King David uh, who fought with him. There's some amazing men. Amazing men. Uh, I think this truth will be a help to us tonight. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, I pray you'll help us with the time we have this evening. May uh, our minds be and our hearts be ready to receive uh, the Word of God. Uh, may uh, these examples in Scripture uh, motivate us, inspire us, and create a hunger in us uh, to serve you in a more faithful manner. Uh, bless our time remaining in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, we look at uh, the life of David and a remarkable life it was. And these mighty men, we often say David and his mighty men, the mighty men of David. Uh, we find a summary here in this chapter of some of those mighty men. Uh, we look in verse number 8, as we just read, we find uh, the name Adino. 
Adino was one of the mighty men of David, and uh, the scripture says that uh, he lifted up his spear against 800 whom he slew at one time. Uh, I guess you made fun of Adino's name one time. Uh, here he is facing 800 men and with his spear. I think of the man Adino, a word I would apply to him was the word courage. In the face of overwhelming odds, he still was willing to fight. I think so many times Christians, God would give us victories that we never thought we would have if we would just be willing to face those overwhelming odds because it was the right thing to do. 800 to 1, it's not that he slew 800 in his lifetime or in his military career. At one time, he slew 800 men. The overwhelming odds he faced, what a courageous time. You know, there's a lot of uh, fair-weather friends, fair-weather soldiers, and they're willing to fight for the Lord and serve God when it's in, our, when it's in, it's in their favor. But let them face the odds of 800 to 1, and you'll find out who really wants to stay and who's really determined to do something for the Lord. But we find this man, Adino, and, and I've put the word courage on him. That's a characteristic that these mighty men had, courage. And Christian, you've got to have courage in your Christian life. Uh, be of good courage. It's the, we've been looking at some of this in our Sunday school lessons of how uh, the children of Israel made decisions based on the size and the magnitude and the strength of the enemy they would face. And God, is, God admonished them, I'll take care of the enemy. You just have the courage to move forward and obey. But, but Adino faced, he had courage in the face of overwhelming odds. I think of Proverbs 24.10 when I think of Adino in this verse, if thou faint in the day of adversity, that strength is small. Uh, God will enable us to overcome great odds. Uh, but we've got to be courageous enough to face the enemy with our spear. Uh, he was a courageous man. Uh, we look at verse number 9. And after him was Eleazar, the son of Dodo. Uh, they, they, and look at verse number 10. He arose and smote the Philistines until his hand was weary and his hand clave unto the sword. Eleazar was one with the sword. He fought for so long and so hard that they literally had to pry his fingers from out from around the sword. Uh, it was not a passing fad for him to battle and fight. Uh, he was uh, one that was with the sword. He was uh, in tune with the mission uh, his, until his hand was weary. This was a man who... Even though uh, the battle was long, he was determined to do his part. Uh, we continue on in verse number 11. And after him was Shammah, the son of Aji, the Hararite. And the Philistines were gathered together into a troop where was a piece of ground full of lentils, and the people fled from the Philistines. But he stood in the midst of the ground and defended it in a slew of Philistines, and the Lord wrought a great victory." Uh, this mighty man stood when others ran. He was dependable. Dependable. Uh, he was going to defend that which some would say was not worth defending. Is it really worth paying that price? Is it really worth putting yourself at risk? Is it really worth 
uh, the line that you're drawing. Sometimes we might say, Pastor, is it really worth drawing the line right there? Or your kids might lose it. Is it really that big of a deal? Something, yeah, it's a big deal. But when there was nobody else to defend that little piece of land, he was dependable in doing so. Oh, could we not use some more dependable Christians? Just they're, they're, they're going to dependable. I don't know if we'll even win the battle, but I'll show up. Uh, dependable. When others, and notice the end of verse number 11, and the people fled. He defended the piece of ground when the people fled from the Philistines. When everybody else is running, he's not running. Uh, when everybody else is fleeing, he's not going anywhere. Uh, we, 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 need, we need a world full, we need churches full of this type of a Christian. Um, notice so far we're not talking about talent that these men had. I'm for talent. I'm not against talent, talent to be used for the Lord, but we're not talking about talent here. We're talking about courage. We're talking about determination. We're talking about dependability. When others are running, they're being willing to stand. Uh, that, that's a very great trait in the life of David's mighty men. Notice the next one that is listed here in verse 18. And Abishai, the brother of Joab, he was chief among three, and he lifted up his spear against 300 and slew them and had the name among three. Abishai came to the aid of the king over and over again. If we turn back to chapter number 21, uh, just a few pages in verses 15 through 17, we see, Moreover, the Philistines had yet war again with Israel, and David went down and his servants with him and fought against the Philistines, and David waxed faint. David is battling his enemy again. The Bible says that he waxed faint. He's getting tired getting weary in the battle. And Ishbidabinab, which was the sons of the giant, the weight of whose spear weighed 300 shekels of brass in weight. Here's a giant again. He being girded with a new sword, thought to have slain David. I got him. He defeated Goliath the giant, but he hasn't defeated me. David is getting faint in the battle. And the scripture tells us his spear weighed 300 shekels of brass He thought to have slain David. Finally, we have David, our nemesis, our enemy, the one who has brought so much defeat to us. We've got him. Verse 17, but Abishai, the son of Zariah, succored him and smote the Philistine and killed him. Then the men of David swear unto him, saying, Thou shalt go no more out with us to battle, thou quench not the light of Israel. In that moment when... David began to get weary, and the enemy thought that now they had him. We find Abishai coming to the aid of the king. He was faithful. Faithful. Oh, faithful men, faithful women. Well, that's what our churches need is people just to be faithful. Uh, It doesn't take talent to be faithful. We're to be faithful with the talents we do have. But here was a man who was faithful when the king needed him. I wonder how many times God has had a task that needed to be done, but there was just nobody faithful to fulfill it. Uh, faithfulness is, is, is an undersold trait that every child of God ought to be focused on, is just being faithful. 
Well, Pastor, when I'm there, I just don't have anything to offer. No, by you being there, that's the greatest thing that you can offer is faithfulness. If I were, if I were to be asked, and I'll just tell you so you don't have to ask me, Pastor, what is the, what is the, the, the thing that you want out of, out of your church members more than anything else? Just faithfulness. It, matter of fact, your faithfulness moves the heart of your pastor like nothing else moves the heart of your pastor. And as the under-shepherd under Christ, I can tell you, as I try to lead in His image, I guarantee it moves the heart of our Savior. It's just a faithful people. But here is this man, he was faithful. The next one we see is found in verse number 20. And Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, the son of a valiant man of Kabzil, who had done many acts, he slew two lion-like men of Moab. He went down also and slew a lion in the midst of a pit in a time of snow. Benaiah, I like Benaiah. He's one of my favorite mighty men. And uh, you'll, you'll find, uh, you study him out. There's, yeah, he, 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 he didn't get bored a lot. Uh, Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, and it usually meant killing somebody. Uh, I'm going to do that with all of my might. The scripture tells us that he slew two lion-like men of Moab. He went down also, telling this story, oh, and oh, by the way, slew a lion in the midst of a pit in the time of snow. There's a lion in a pit. He's in the pit. There's obviously snowing. And for fun. I'm going to jump down in that pit and kill that lion. Uh, he's, this is the kind of man he was. And then all the animal rights activists <laughs> marched against him. Verse 21 and he slew an Egyptian, a goodly man, and the Egyptian had a spear in his hand. And he went down to him with a staff and plucked the spear out of the Egyptian's hand and slew him with his own spear. That's, that's I, there's really not a whole lot to comment on that. These things did Benaiah the son of Jehoiada and had the name among three mighty men. Of all the mighty men... David had those three that he gave responsibility to, and Benaiah had the name amongst them. He was more honorable. He was more honorable than the thirty, but he attained not to the first three, and David set him over his guard. Benaiah, I think of Benaiah, I think of the word loyal. Uh, you, David had been betrayed by his own son. He had been betrayed by Ahithophel, his closest advisor. David knew what it was like to be betrayed by those who you don't expect to be betrayed by. He knew what it was like to have those who uh, you had given your heart to and your life to and you had made yourself vulnerable to them, to have them turn on you and try and destroy you. So David was very careful in who he set close to him. And not only was Benaiah a mighty warrior, but David set him over all of the troop. He was a loyal man. He was loyal. He was captain of David's personal bodyguard. Yeah, you want to might check that loyalty out if you're 
if you have somebody over your bodyguards. We find these men specifically highlighted in a greater way than the others who are listed there. Uh, in verses 13 through 17, there's the story of there of how one, David, one day David just longed for something out of his heart and three men risked themselves to go get it. Not just to meet his needs, but to, to meet his wants. These were the type of mighty men that David had. David was a great warrior. We know the story, David and Goliath. David slays the bear. David slays the lion. But David was able to do all that God had him do because of the mighty men that God had put around him. I think we would do well as Christians if we would just... Uh, use the right examples in Scripture and instead of saying, I can never do this and I can never do this and I can never be this and, well, God hasn't put me in that position. Uh, can we just say, how about I just be dependable? How about I just decide to be faithful? How about I just decide to be loyal? And by the way, loyal is not a bad word. How about I just decide to be courageous and when I don't know how I'm going to defeat the enemy, when I don't know how I'm going to win the victory, I'll just show up anyway because that's what I'm supposed to do. That's my responsibility is not to run from the battle, but to stand in my place, to fill my spot. Uh, well, I could, Pastor, I could ever have the talent. God's not looking for those with talent necessarily. Now, you use your talent for the Lord, but He's just looking for faithful people. He's looking for dependable people. He's looking for those that will just say, I, you can use what I have, and if my king has a need, I'm going to do everything I can to meet, my, to meet the need of my king. I don't know what your favorite Bible stories are. I don't know what your favorite, who your favorite Bible characters are, but I am fascinated by David's mighty men. The, the victory on the battlefield that they had. No, no wonder, no wonder the enemies of David feared him, not just because David was a mighty warrior in his own right, but he's got men around him. They don't even need to bring a weapon. They'll come take your weapon from you and kill you with your own weapon. Oh, Satan. Let me tell you who Satan fears. He fears every man of God who'll stand behind a pulpit and preach the Word of God and stand. But let me tell you what's, what gets, really gets Satan's attention and what really causes him to tremble is, before, is, is not just a man of God, but for the people of God to say, God, we're just going to show up. We're just going to be faithful. We're going to be dependable. And I'm thankful we got a pastor who'll seek the things of God. But he's not the only one. There's a whole group of people. We'll show up when it's time to show up. We'll, we'll, we'll be courageous when it's time to be courageous. And we'll just do our part to win the battle for you. I think sometimes we set the wrong standard for ourselves as Christians. I, this will help you tonight if you'd say, I, I, I would, I would, David was a remarkable man. I, I believe David was... Was a, was a talented man. God had given David some abilities. I don't think he had given, given many people. 
Who tonight would say, I could be a King David? I don't know if anybody in here would be so brash, and if they did, they wouldn't have wanted to admit it in front of everyone. But I think if we set a proper standard tonight, we could say, I can be faithful, I can be dependable, I can be loyal, I can show up when I'm supposed to show up, when everybody else is running, I'll just stay in my stead, and I'll, I'll defend what God has given me to defend. I'll do my duty and fulfill my responsibility. You cannot give proper perspective to David's mighty men without keeping in context where they came from. These men were not warriors that were turned out of the west point of that day. If we look back at 1 Samuel chapter number 22, we find when David leaves in exile in verse 1, David therefore departed thence and escaped to the cave of Dulam. And when his brethren and all his father's house heard it, they went down thither to him. Verse 2, And everyone that was in distress, and everyone that was in debt, and everyone that was discontented gathered themselves unto him, and he became a captain over them, and there were with him about 400 men. Say, so who were David's mighty men? They were those that were just mentioned. They were in debt. They were discouraged. They were distressed. And what did they do? They left with their king and decided that they were going to follow their king even when he was in exile, even when it was not popular. And it was out of those meager, humble circumstances you find surrendered lives and God transformed them into David's mighty men. Greatness was not made while they were in the palace they had, they, had, they, had, they had achieved greatness. They had become what God would make them to be while they were huddled in the cave with their king. Once David got to the palace, they were already who they were. And Christians, so many times we say, well, well when this happens, then, I, then, then I'll be faithful. When this happens, then I'll be dedicated. When this happens and all these things, no, friend, you got to get to the place in your life while I'm in debt, while I'm discouraged, while I'm disheartened, I'm just going to do what is right and let God use me in whatever way He wants to use me. This, I believe, is what fascinated and what puzzled the enemy so greatly. Not just the fact that they had a hobby of killing wild animals with their bare hands. But they would look at them and they, 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 this is the group. They live in a cave. They were the rejects. They were the ones who wouldn't fall in line and look now what God has made them to be. Friend, if you and I wait till we have it all together before we decide to do something for God, we're going to be waiting a long time and life is going to pass us by and another opportunity is going to pass us by. Let's just determine that I'm going to go where God wants me to go. I'm going to live the way God wants me to live. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be true. I'm going to be courageous. I'm not going to turn back and let God do with me whatever God will do with me. I'm going to make just a few observations, and Bill's giving me the evil eye down here, so I've got to hurry. The first observation I make is this. The mighty men did not set out to be mighty men. There's too many setting out to say, determine my goal is to 
do mighty things for God. See, Pastor, we're not supposed to do mighty things for God. I think we need to, we need to bring it back to where God would have it. God just says, do, be faithful. And in his eyes, that's mighty. Well, I, I, I'm going to turn the world upside down. Why don't you just show up when you're supposed to show up? Oh, and, and we got a lot of young preachers and many in the ministry. And something that's just bugging the fire out of me right now is you got 25-year-old young men uh, who don't need anybody, don't need anything. We're just going to go, no, why don't you just show up where you're supposed to show up, be where you're supposed to be, do what you're supposed to do, be faithful, be dependable, be loyal. And God will use you to do great things. The mighty men did not set out to be mighty men. What did they focus on? Their cause. They didn't go to the cave because the cave was cool. Everybody's doing it. They went to the cave because the cause put them in the cave. The cause was their focus. Hey, parent, what is your cause? Rear your children for the Lord? Make that your focus. Be, 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 be the kind of parent that you should be. Be close to the Lord. Walk with the Lord. Be where you're supposed to be. Do what you're supposed to do. Well, nobody's going to... Oh, no. God in heaven knows. And, and if we ever needed a generation to rise up that's been taught that God is God, and you can still be clean, you can still be moral, you should still serve God with your life, and you don't have to uh, fall in line with the things of this world. If there's ever a time we need a generation like that, it, it is today. And we don't realize how important it is, these children that God has entrusted us, to teach them the things that are right, to teach them to give God with their lives, to teach them to serve him all of their days. Amen. Well, in order to do that, I don't, I'm not going to be able to be, I, I'm never going to be mom of the year. I'm never going to have a blog that tells everybody how to mother everybody. Just serve God faithfully and rear your child to serve the Lord. Rear your child to give themselves to God. Shouldn't souls be our cause? Well, Pastor, if we would change this and this and do this and this and build our buildings this and this way, we'd have a greater standing in society. I'm not for making people dislike us just for the sake of disliking us, but I'm certainly not for making people like us just for the sake of making them like us. That's not our cause. Pastor, are we going to take a stand on this? this is our cause of souls. I, I tell you what I think we ought to do. We, we shouldn't strive to be uh, the largest church in the world, the largest church, it just, however you want to name it. We should just be pursuing souls and pursuing sinners and be obedient to the, the Great Commission and win souls and baptize them and teach them and train them. And lo and behold, all of those things will take care of themselves. Well, Pastor, we just can't. No, no, no. Uh, j j just be faithful and fulfill the cause. The mighty men did not set out to be mighty men. They just set out to be faithful to the cause. I hope this makes sense tonight. The second statement I'll make is this. Mighty men did not know they would be mighty men. It's true in, in so many Christian lives, if we, if we know how we think it's going to work out, then we'll, we're going to go down that path. 
This is hard for parents sometimes when their children start when God calls their children to the mission field. God calls their children to preach. God calls their children to serve Him with their life. What's going to happen to them? Are they going to face persecution? Are they going to face hardships? Are they going to face all of those things? Well, we, we don't know how that's going to turn out. Those names of generations gone by who uh, are synonymous with the great things that God has done, the great missionaries, the great uh, preachers of yesteryear, they did not know that God was going to use them in such a great way. They, they, they did not know that God would enable them to reach multitudes and the masses. No, they just said, I'll be faithful. I'll be dependable. I'll do what it is that God has put in front of me. And, and they had a, there was a surrendered life at a time that God would use them in a great way. They didn't set out to be mighty men. They didn't set out to be uh, the examples they are today. They just said they were going to be faithful and to pursue the things that God had put in front of them. Their goal was not to be mighty men. Their goal was to serve their king. Make sure that's your goal tonight. Well, the pastor recognizes me. Then, if that's all you're doing it for, I'll have to keep recognizing you. Right, Bill? All right. <laughs> that that was that was that was not their goal. When they first took everything and followed David into the cave, they were talking, "Hey, this is gonna make us mighty men." I think if we do this, God will put us in Scripture. No. Not at all. They, that was not their goal. They weren't looking for a legacy but a cause. In, but in fighting for the cause, they left a legacy. Uh, too many Christians there are looking for a legacy. We should be looking for a cause. Young men, young ladies, young couples... Older couples, why do I want to? I want to. I just want to leave. No, no, you pursue a cause, and you'll leave a legacy. Too many are looking for a legacy, and they'll never, they'll never find the cause in that legacy. Uh, number three, and I slash number four, so we're only gonna have three tonight. Mighty men became mighty men on the pathway of duty. Uh, duty. Fulfilling our responsibility, doing what it is that God has enabled us to do. One of the greatest verses for us as a Christian to live our life by is whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with all thy might. Too many Christians are waiting for something to come to them when they should just be doing what is right in front of them. These mighty men, they didn't know that one day they'd stand and they'd defend that, that, that patch of ground. They didn't know that they would slay uh, 800 of the enemy at one time. They didn't know that there would be a moment when David was faint and the enemy was ready to strike the fatal blow and God would have them in that place at that time to step in and defeat the enemy and spare the cause. They just fulfilled what it was they felt that God had for them to do. Uh, parent, just... Fulfill your responsibility as a parent. Just fulfill your responsibility to train up a child in the way he should go, to be an example 
to pray for your children, to have them underneath the, the sound of Bible preaching, to put them in the right environments, around the right examples. Just fulfill your duty. Fulfill your responsibility. And along the way, God will give great victories and God will do great things. Sunday school teachers, I know many of us are combined right now, but the day's coming we won't be combined. And as a Sunday school teacher, oh, you think of Sunday school teachers, I think of uh, Daisy Hawes who had Lee Robertson in her Sunday school class. And Lee Robertson, of course, built the great Highland Park Baptist Church and what a great work for God that he did. Thousands and thousands in Sunday school every week, missionaries around the world. What a mighty man of God. And he told all over this country and all over this world about his Sunday school teacher and the impact that she made. I guarantee you she didn't go to Sunday school saying, one day somebody's going to tell everybody about me. Somebody's going to tell everybody. No, no, no. She just said, I'm going to do what it is that God's given me to do. It's just a Sunday school class. But I'm going to teach my Sunday school class. It's just a Sunday school class, but I'm going to be faithful to give the Word of God in my Sunday school class. It's just a Sunday school class, but I'm going to show up when I don't feel like showing up. I'm going to be faithful at whatever there's obstacles, and I'm just going to pray that God makes something out of the effort that I'm making. And lo and behold, on the pathway of duty, there is, the mighty men come from that. Great victories come from that. Uh, we need to quit looking for the, the greatness and just be faithful to the responsibility. Grandparents to grandchildren, Christians to Christians. Let's just fulfill our responsibility. Show up when you're supposed to show up. I learned many, many things from Dr. Jack Howells. And I'm thankful for that influence. But he would, all, he would teach often what you look for, what you want to surround yourself with, is not talent but character. Everybody looks for the talent. Everybody looks for the shiny toys. But you know what gets the work done for God? People who are faithful. People who are dependable. Uh, people who show up when the odds are great. Uh, 800 to 1. I guess when... I guess when Adina showed up for a battle and he said, You and what army? Okay, there it is. Courageous men. But why were they so courageous? Because their very existence, when they left everything they have to go to that cave, their very existence was centered around David, their king. They went into battle not knowing if they live or die, but they went into battle because something was worth fighting for. You know what our king needs in 2019? He needs a group of people who are willing to leave everything they have to leave just to embrace his cause. To fight his battle. I'll grab a hold of this. Say, uh, Pastor, I'll never sing this, but I'm thankful for our, our music. God has given us great, great talent. 
But the reason why it's as good as it is is not because of the talent, it's the work that's put into it. But you may never sing a song that anybody applauds or gets a blessing out of. They may get a blessing when you stop singing. But you know what you can do? You can show up every time the door is open. You can be where you're supposed to be. And when the odds are overwhelming, you can hold your ground. And the odds are, the evil of today is is strong. The evil of today, and they come after the onslaught on our children. But you know what? I'm not going to give in. I'm going to hold my ground. And I'm going to fight the battle. There are things that God commands us to do that we ought to do, but wouldn't it be great if there was just something that we thought was in the heart of God and we'd risk everything just to make Him happy? Greatness is found on that pathway, that journey of fulfilling our duty. King David's coming to the end of his life. His last words. And God saw fit when he comes to close the chapter on the life of King David. He has the list, all those mighty men there with his king. That itself preaches a sermon. Boy, why don't we be faithful? Why don't we determine that... uh, I I, I want to do great things for God. I want us as a church to do great things for God. But the secret is in us doing what we're supposed to do to fulfill our responsibilities. Uh, Let's be faithful in those regards. Father, I pray that you'll take the message tonight. You'll use it to your honor and glory. I pray that you'll uh, just help us to be faithful, realize that we all have something we can do for you. Uh, We all have different, different talents. You've given us different talents. You've given all of us different opportunities. But what we can all do is we can all be faithful with the talents you have or have not given us. You can be, we can be faithful with the opportunities that we do have. We can be dependable. We can be loyal. We can be courageous to do the right thing. And Father, may that be our goal. I believe there are mighty Christians here in the service tonight. They did not get that way by setting out to be that way. They did it by just being faithful year after year and decade after decade. May that be our goal, that be our standard.